I want to introduce to you today our speaker, Reverend Dennis Owens, our former pastor from 1992 to 96. I'm going to try to do this and be good, okay? His wife, Jody, is here with us. Uh, They stood here, so I'm not going to ask her to do anything now. They are the parents of three children, Todd, who is one of the missionaries supported by this church, who serves as his wife, Nikki, at the Rift Valley Academy in Kenya. They are also the parents of Christian Kristen Chabot and Kendra Barron. They are the grandparents of 10 and one coming in April. He is currently pastor at Canton First Church of the Nazarene in Canton, Illinois. Dennis hired me on staff here in 1995, so if you don't like it, blame him. (laughs) When he hired me, I told him, I will never do a funeral, I will never do a wedding, and I will never preach. Well, I guess he gets the last laugh on that one. (laughs) I so enjoyed his preaching in the years he was here and gained a lot from it. And it's my honor to present Dennis to you this morning as speaker for our 125th anniversary. Let's give him a welcome. I still remember when I talked to Max the first time about coming on staff, and his first thing was he laughed. (laughs) The second thing was, you've got to be kidding. And then he gave me those list of things once he agreed to it. (laughs) So I just sat back and smiled as all those things he ended up doing. (laughs) And the fact that he's still here 125 years later. It is uh, good to be back with you. I bring greetings from our family. Uh, There were five of us when we left here. There are 18 of us now. And in three months, there will be 19 of us. We're scattered all over the world. Our son Todd is in Kenya. And uh, when they talked to us about going to the mission field, we said, that's awesome. The grandkids can stay with us. (laughs) We lost that fight. Um. Kristen is uh, up in Niles, Michigan. She and her husband and two beautiful girls and one on the way. She works part-time at their church. Uh, and uh, uh, Kendra and her husband are in Waterloo, Michigan, or Michigan, Iowa. And uh, he is full-time worship pastor at a church there. Kendra does some at the church and works at a school. They have three kids. And uh, we are, for the most part, enjoying life as we age, might I say, gracefully. (laughs) There's never been anything graceful about me. But uh, it is so good to see you and uh, to see many of you and go, you look familiar. (laughs) I know there's a name somewhere. uh, So just say it when you come up to us in case we don't uh, get that. But it's good. And to see the changes in the building, I love what you've done. It's awesome. Although I do miss the bowling pins. First thing I noticed when I walked in and was so brokenhearted not to see those, <laughs> see those up there uh, anymore. Thinking back to, to all kinds of times and, and many things with youth, given our kids that were here and many loud times in the basement of our place and uh, in vehicles and um, remembering motion singers. What they were called, the motion singers, I think. 
something like that because we couldn't dance. So we just did motion instead. And the kids did so many cool things and uh, great memories of all that took place uh, around here. We are still in ministry. Jody's still singing. In fact, she leads worship for me. Um, and uh, our, I was, in fact, sent a text just a little while ago because of those who are taking care of everything uh, back home. We have a ministry intern who is doing the first time leading today. And I realized I had forgotten to leave a password for something they desperately needed. Fortunately, they're an hour behind us. So <laughs> I could send that text before the service started. But it's so good to be with you and to celebrate 125 years. A lot has happened to hear those stories of the missionaries and, and to realize that they went without knowing what the future would hold. And we all think we know the future, right? We, we think we get it planned out. But a whole bunch of us sitting here are obvious evidence that no matter how we plan things, some things go different than we thought. Amen. But what we can count on is that God's going to guide us if we let him. There's one verse of scripture that I want to read this morning in the New Testament in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. That says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. If I could give one encouragement this morning, one thing to remember, with a theme that says going forward in faith, let me just put this on the front end of that. Let love lead forward in faith. For God so loved the world. It is how we're to live, to live in love and to be led by his love. Uh, Ronald Heifetz in uh, The Nature of Adaptive Leadership said, we have the technology to fix the heart, but not change it. We have the technology to fix the heart. Some of you have received that technology, right? But we don't have the technology to change it but God does. The reason that matters is that if we're not moving forward in love, if we're not being led by his love, then what are we doing? Then it's just our stuff. And our stuff's not real good. Trust me. My stuff's not very good. But if I'm being led by him, if I'm following him, if I'm using his word, and I loved your answer to what you're preaching, by the way, Rick. <laughs> Always stick with that one, by the way. How cool that this is your new pastor. I love that. Makes me feel ancient, but I love that. Because <laughs> he was about this tall uh, when we were here. But... We need to realize that moving forward is a great slogan, and we love slogans in the church, don't we? I mean, we make t-shirts out of it. We make bumper stickers. We create folders. We have seminars, we, jewelry. We love our slogans and our notebooks. The problem is I got way too many notebooks sitting on the shelf that haven't done much. I've never had a notebook that I came home from a seminar with that did anything. It just sat there on the shelf. Because, you see, the purpose wasn't the notebook. The purpose was what I was supposed to do from what I learned. And it's still true today. We have to be the ones moving forward. 
Moving forward in faith is a great slogan, but it's a difficult process, isn't it? The act of standing still is much easier, except for people like me. And drifting is even easier. But moving forward, that requires significant effort. That requires some planning, at least if we want to get to where we plan to go. Moving forward. We need to be led by love. Now, it's often said that people don't change or move forward in any situation until there's an urgency to it. I mean, some of you ladies that are married understand the statement that, I mean, if your husband said he will fix that, he will. You don't need to remind him every six months. (laughs) At some point, I mean, it's on the list. We do that a lot with stuff with God, don't we? When God taps us on the shoulder, uh, Dennis, what about, it's on my list. But those things matter even more. We need to make sure that we understand why it matters to move forward. Now, I've discovered also that urgency isn't enough. There are a lot of people, even in change or die situations, Those who have been told, stop drinking or you're going to die soon. Stop smoking or you're going to die soon. Change your diet or you're going to die sooner than you should. Exercise or you're going to die sooner. Many of us have heard those statements. We acknowledged it. We put it on our list. But nothing changed. In fact, Alan Deutschman in his study, Change or Die, reported that many of those people don't change even when told those life or death things. In fact, his study said 90% of the people even told change or die don't change. Now, as an observer outside, we always look at that and go, that is just dumb. I wanted to say stupid, but every time I said that here, some kid would come up and say, we're not supposed to say stupid. (laughs) So I'm not going to say stupid, but it's really dumb. (laughs) But we kind of do it, don't we? We have a tendency to do that, and we need to understand that it matters. This moving forward thing matters. So how do we motivate the movement? How do we motivate the choice to change? I really think in this verse that so many of us know but don't really listen to says it all. John 3.16. This is a great roadmap for moving forward, for the change that's necessary, and especially to make sure that we are led by love. Let love lead you forward. In his outstanding book, Canoeing the Mountains, Todd Balzinger boils it down to a three-word manifesto. He said, love precedes change. Love precedes change. You think back to major changes you've made, and it almost always has been driven by love. I shared with some people recently that when Jody and I got married, there were a lot of changes that had to take place. And I can still remember coming home from our honeymoon. Well, 
We called it a honeymoon. It, it was three days staying at my parents' house while they were on vacation. <laughs> and then we came back to our little trailer in Kinky, Illinois, just outside of Olivet Nazarene University in a place called Trailerville that's now a parking lot. <laughs> Changes. Into our glorious trailer that was 10 by 50, counting the tongue. You had to um, scoop the water after you used a shower or took a bath into the drain because the trailer tilted this way and the drain was that way. So you had to scoop it up. I had no hair on my right hand for the time we lived in that trailer because it was a, a gas stove, but it didn't have an automatic pilot. So you had to light it every time. Only this was one of those powerful ovens that when you lit it, it shot flames out at you. And so I would turn the gas on, throw the match and, and duck and just had no hair on my right hand for that entire time. We learned a lot in that place, but the bigger issues weren't those things. It was us. What was I going to do to change to make sure we moved forward? Good news is I did because we celebrated 43 years last August and uh, greeted some of you who shared some other things in many more years than that back here, Leakties. In fact, I had a gentleman in our church who told me, he said, 43, that's a good start because <laughs> he had celebrated 65 but, you know, there were things we had to change, and it started the first morning home after our honeymoon. I, um, in those days, did not wake up well. My wife might say I still don't, but I really didn't then. I mean, I, I you know, just boom, kind of flew out of the bed when I was awakened, and uh, it wasn't easy to wake me up, and so in college, I had learned the trick of setting my clock radio. How many of you know what one of those is with, a, <laughs> with an alarm on it? Some of you go Google it when you get home. <laughs> and I had to turn the temperature all, or the temperature, it is warm in here. I had to turn the volume all the way up, otherwise I wouldn't even hear it. And I also had to make sure it was not within reach. If I could reach it with any part of my body still touching the bed, I would shut it off and go right back to sleep and never know it. So I had to get up, both feet on the floor, where I didn't wake up. So I set the alarm first morning back from our honeymoon. My side of the bed, over there, loud as it could go. It went off, and I'm still not even stirring yet. That's not how Jody woke up normally. <laughs> you have to understand that her normal thing was she set it at its lowest volume, and when it clicked on, she gently and sweetly awakened. <laughs> so now picture this that first morning. When ah comes on, I'm still not stirring. She's hitting the ceiling, bouncing off all the walls in the bedroom, trying to get to the alarm. The next morning, the next night, she set the alarm. I overslept and was late to work. <laughs> we had to figure something out. There had to be some change. And she kept telling me that after I left the restroom that there was something I was forgetting to do. It was lower the seat. And I said, but I don't need it lowered. <laughs> she said, I do. I said, then lower it. 
I'm a practical person. But on one night, I was more motivated after that to do it because in the middle of the night as she got up to go in there and I had not lowered it and she did not turn the light on and I heard screams. <laughs> but I had to make a decision. Just like with the alarm and just like with the toilet seat, I made those changes. Why? Because I love her. It was worth it because I love her. Fortunately, she doesn't have the mic, so she can't tell you all the changes she had to make on my behalf because it's a longer list. <laughs> but you see, love precedes change. If we're going to make the change we need to cha- make, we have to understand it's driven and motivated by love. Look at this formula in John three sixteen: For God so loved. That's a great slogan in itself. You see, God gave us the pattern of letting love lead us because when love leads, we will have compassion for everyone. Doesn't mean we always like it, but we'll have compassion because that's what Jesus did. For God so loved means we'll have courage, not just missionary courage, but daily courage at work and at school in our homes, in our communities. For God so loved, let love lead means we will also have a heart of celebration. I love this today. I love remembering because of the victory so long as we don't just stay in this spot. Remember, this is a celebration which is a moment. But we need to keep the movement going after this moment. Let love lead that movement. For God so loved that he gave. There's a slogan. Ah, Of course, you're a pastor. You're going to say we need to give. Yeah. Just because it's what Jesus did. If you're going to follow him, you're going to be a giver. You're going to have generosity. If you're going to move forward, it takes generosity. Generosity of spirit, generosity of our time, generosity in love, generosity in our stuff. I watched our kids as they prepared to go to the mission field take a whole household for seven down to ten bags. That'll make you think about what really matters. We need to be generous because some of that stuff that we're holding on to doesn't matter that much when you look at what we've been called to do for God so loved that he gave. God's example was of giving and he gave his most treasured, his son. He demonstrated generosity and to move forward any other way would produce fear. When we hold on, we're fearful. When we're generous, we're courageous we're also more joyful. Moving forward with generosity produces the faith needed to keep moving forward. And lastly, for God so loved that he gave, and then he said, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, we get the mistaken notion sometimes that love is passive, that love is weak, But you see, letting love lead is not passive. Letting love lead is not spineless. Letting love lead is not timid. 
Letting love lead is where true strength shows up. The strength that has a spouse going to see a spouse with dementia who no longer even knows who they are, but still going every day because they know who that one is. They're letting love, love lead. As we move forward with what God wants and all that he wants, we have to remember to have the strength of the love of Christ in us because generosity, generosity of love will produce the faith needed. Generosity of love will give us the strength that's needed. My desire needs to be the same as Christ, and that is for anyone and everyone to embrace the love of Christ. Now, God didn't back off, even though there was resistance. He didn't give in. He just let love keep leading him forward. So let love lead you forward in faith. Faith in him, love for him, which means love for others. Make sure that the love precedes the change. Don't make the change because it's the latest trend. Make it because love demands it because love precedes our change. Keep the mission simple. Follow Christ and his call. We complicate it way too much, as all those notebooks on my shelves attest. Make the changes needed, because it really is a life or death situation. As the praise team comes forward, let me remind you, let love lead you forward. Anything else that drives us forward is just from us and even for us. But if we let love lead us forward, we are assured, regardless of what the outcome may look like, that it'll be what God desires and what he has designed. Let love lead.